Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Manga Masala, Pi Radio, South Asian show. My name's Gerns. I'm here with Simran. And thank you so much for not interrupting this time. I really thought about it. You know that's my line to deliver at the beginning of each episode. I'm in a mood, like, just to not you off today. Sorry for swearing, like, (laughs) (laughs) Are you in the mood not to pee me off because you are also in the position where you don't want to be peed off as well? (laughs) Yes, most definitely. But I just did that by swearing 30 seconds into recording. (laughs) I mean, I was going to ask how are you simmering, but I think that kind of speaks for itself. Um, I was sick over the weekend. I had this, like cold such a like minor cold but it made me really tired like I just could sleep like unlimited um and then the last two days I've just been like sleeping and just like working I mean it's been reflected in your be real as well I saw like you were tidying up and in bed and stuff and I yeah I rearranged my whole bedroom exciting so I was like deadlifting my bed and like pivoting it across my room and then at one point didn't think I had enough room for it and would have had to just put everything back to where it was in the beginning had a mini mental breakdown and then realized no I can do it (laughs) I have a friend shout out Martha literally every like couple of weeks like I'll see on their socials that they're having like a room like turnaround sort of thing like literally like I do it every like life phase if that makes sense I think I did it like after my GCSEs before uni and then now after uni I think I just think for like different purposes different seasons of life different seasons of my life so now like the desk is where it is for the work from home setup which is (laughs) arguably the worst room setup arrangement I've had since I moved into this house (laughs) I think in the flat that I'm in now obviously I've been here for like five or so years um, we've only ever had like one major mo- room change and that was basically when we moved in like Simran you've obviously been to the flat and you know the layout is sort of like in the rooms it's sort of like the bed is up against the wall and then it kind of allows for a little bit of space in the middle but when we first moved in Mayanka my fiance was like no I don't want to have the bed against the wall I want to have it coming out because then it's more grown up because you've got two sides of the bed sort of thing mm-hmm. like which I was like okay yeah fine whatever I mean it's less I space, do hear that but yeah but then literally we had that for like throughout the pandemic and whatever um and it was fine but it always was like sort of like we felt like we had so much less space than we actually wanted and then I think it was around a year ago suddenly we, we were just like right let's just put the bed against the wall because we'd, we'd always had that set up in the guest room and I had I've always really liked how that actually has like more space in the middle there and we did it and it's actually been so much better like I, I get it like it's very kind of uni vibes to have like your bed against yeah. the wall by the same <laughs> like right time, in the corner yeah by the same time like i feel like it's worth it just for the space like whatever as in i've never like looked at it and thought like oh my god that's childish or like oh my god like a married couple shouldn't have their bed like that i just think it's completely normal <laughs> like yeah. there's, not, there's not it's not a big deal at all no it is like a mindset thing this is a very riveting conversation for anyone else there but trust once you get to this age these are the type of things that you start thinking about this is like the adult phase of my life and i don't like it speaking of I'm also feeling a very similar way right now. And I was literally, I went to Tesco earlier um, just to get a few supplies because my uncle's not well either. So I've been kind of like 
kind of doing a bit more than I would normally do, which is not very much, admittedly, but I've been doing a bit more in terms of that. Um, and I was kind of just sitting in the car, like, eating my Yo Sushi te- from Tesco that they now have, which is a very good Tesco password if you want to go. It's a, yeah, non-sponsored content. Is that the but, one that I went to? Yeah, like, there's a little Yo Sushi thing at the back, like, it's like... Banging. Yeah, yeah, really good. Anyway, I was kind of just sitting in the car, and I was just kind of, like, feeling a bit blur. And I really feel... Like, you know how we talked about Blue January, no, Blue Monday, sorry, on the third Monday of January, um, and how that's kind of like, if it's, it's it's a fake thing that was set up by Sky Travel back in the day, like, listen back if you want to hear that. I actually feel like the real version of that is now, and thinking about it, I really feel, I don't know if you agree with this because of your thing about Tuesdays, I really feel like February is the Tuesday of the year. I see what you're saying but i quite like february because it goes so fast that is true it's like a fast track to march and march is a pretty good vibes month true because everything's a bit lighter then in good news i don't know about in manchester but up down here the weather's been pretty banging the last couple of days like it's been cold my car's like had ice on it in the morning but the sun's been out and it's put me in a good enough mood to listen to house music in the car which means that it's summer <laughs> Like, if I put the heating up high enough and put some, like, Dennis Salter, Sonny Federa on, it's August. Yeah, okay. Like, maybe I need to try that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's a mindset thing, honestly. Um, mm. And officially, sunset is past five now. I think it was 5.02 today. Wow. So that's making me really happy because Small wins. me and my colleague in Boston have been comparing our sunsets and theirs has been past five for a while now. And I think last week I was saying like, we're so close, like it's like 4.50 or something and now we're 5.02. So I'm very happy about it. Again, riveting conversations that you have at this age. <laughs> this is adult Sorry, life. this is riveting to me. <laughs> this is actual like proper interesting convo for uh. me. I think the anticipation of sadness in the winter is actually worse than the sadness I feel, if that makes sense. I think coming into like September, October after my birthday, like November, December time, I think I anticipate feeling really bad and that puts me in a worse position. Whereas like, I think if I just embraced it and was just like, just ride it out, I'd probably be a lot happier. I'm kind of the opposite. I don't really get that sort of anticipation of winter because I feel like I am kind of, I don't really have the fear or certainly not to the extent yeah. that Halima has, for example. Yeah. But it just kind of hit me today a bit. I, I'm just, I'm really a summer girl. Like I just love summer. Like some, not even summer, blue skies and just like brightness outside. All right, it's George just, Ezra. It does. I don't know. I'm <laughs> single George Ezra song. I want to listen to Jay Huss and passion fruit by drake like every year i make a summer playlist obviously i've got playlists for everything from i think 2017 onwards uh, that's such a shame because summer 2016 was like actually maybe i do have a 2016 one i think i might have gone back and made it just for the vibes of like capturing that exact summer uh, now i'm feeling nostalgic what have you done Simran? oh what a good <laughs> what a good summer and i can't even remember what i was up to probably doing your gcse's oh i just finished my gcse's <laughs> what you just finished a levels or first year oh yeah first year like in the middle between first and second year yeah no <laughs> don't like that yeah i was little i got my first job 
at Legoland. <laughs> Before we move on from this topic, I do feel like I need to put out there that February has had a little bit of light added to it because Mayanka's birthday is at the end of February, so it's not Aww. too bad a month. <laughs> like, in case she's listening. Like, what was it in particular? To be fair, there are some external factors that probably had something to do with it. Basically, like I said, Mianka's not been very well at the moment. She's kind of been waking up a lot in, in the middle of the night, which has meant that she like kind of slept throughout the whole of today. And me, being a very bedridden person, was like, oh, well, if she's staying in bed all day, then you know I need to support her. I need to do yeah. the same. So <laughs> I kind love of, a supportive husband. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of did that the same. And kind of I had a very late start to the day and I feel like I, I was just feeling a bit like kind of all over the place and that's when I was kind of sitting in the Tesco car park eating my sushi and I was it was that's when it was the sunset but it was the bit where it was like going up really dark and I was just kind of just like Ugh, don't like I this. think that is the thing like with the winter months when you are someone that sleeps late wakes up late which same by the time you're up and at it for the day like forget that up and scrolling tiktok for an hour in bed by the time you're up teeth brushed like doing something with your day the sun is going down or like about we're gonna go down in the next few hours and i think that's where like the like oh this kind of sucks feeling comes from i mean i should have i woke up to have a meeting and then went back to bed i should have just stayed up to be honest but i'm weak this is the thing with working from home as well because it's so easy to just work where it's comfortable and work in a way that's comfortable for you but not necessarily in the most like productive or like you know even not even work but just like life productive way like I feel like getting up and making your bed is such a big factor that sounds so like rise and grind I really think we need to think about me. like a rebrand of a like podcast like, who I really have had, no but I'm not gonna lie I really have had a rebrand and this was something I was actually thinking of talking about because but I'm not gonna talk about it yet because I don't know how solidified the rebrand is yet but i do think i have had a rebrand i think i've grown up a lot since i came home from uni and my mindset's changed a lot that's positive well maybe in a couple of months then once you've had like a decent chunk of time and you're like yeah this is... i mean this is one thing i will say one thing when i i don't know if i spoke about this on here i must have but when i moved home from knots in september my literal world crashed around me. Like, I was so depressed. I don't know if depressed is the right word to use, but I was very, very overwhelmingly sad, right? Because I, like, uni was done. And uni really was my personality for four years straight. And uni was done. I wasn't living in my own space. I couldn't just do what I wanted. There was, like, even less structure to my life than I had before. And I just had this disc to do. And I couldn't even go out with my friends because I had this disc to do for three more weeks while I was at home. And I genuinely was in a position where like, I couldn't even see past the due date of my disc. I had holidays booked, like I had my birthday coming up and I could not see past that due date. And just thinking like, I remember just thinking like, make it to December, just make it to December. Like you have to just make it to Christmas. Like I was in such a weird headspace and now it's February. Like I made vlogs and I can watch them back now and it's really weird, but I made like these like one minute, like Snapchat quick, like videos to myself just saying like, this is how I'm feeling today. You have this many more words of your disc to do. You got this. Like, I hope when you watch this back, like you're happy. Like, just, it was crazy. And now, you know, okay, let's make this like a teachable moment. Life goes on. Like, if you're just in a position where like you feel like 
you can't see past a certain point or you're being overwhelmed by what's going on your current circumstances or your current feelings just know life goes on like everything passes you just take it in and you breathe it back out and there's such nice things to look at in life you know like sunsets and that I'm a real big fan of sunsets. I don't know if I've said this on the show before. Sunsets are my favourite thing in the whole world. Yes, what's good, guys? You're just to Manga Masala. Okay, I'm sincerely <laughs> regretting saying, yes, you can put a strepsil in your mouth a second ago. I thought it would provide some kind of ASMR vibes, and it's really not. <laughs> like... That's why I asked for permission. Uh, right, anyway, whilst you're strepsiling, so the day that this is airing... Um, couple of days after like a week after actually but grammys i thought that's the thing to talk about i've got the breakdown of the main categories here thought we could have a bit of a chat about it one person won a grammy and i'm not sure if i think they deserve it in my humble opinion presuming they'll be in this list so when we get to that you let us know which one first off some breaking records from the night beyonce officially the person that's won the most grammys which i think makes sense as in ever or in one night ever nice yeah i think it makes sense it's beyonce like and i think there is this constant conversation about oh beyonce is overrated blah 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 but i really don't think she is like i think she is just the most talented person and i think she deserves everything personally wow beyonce fan not even a star i just think she's clearly talented she can dance she can sing she can act like like the legacy the longevity of her career i think stands for a lot more than maybe the past six seven years of music she's put up because personally i prefer like pre-2010 beyonce Mm. to like the more recent stuff that's just me but that's not denying her talent artistry her like showmanship and her skills as an actual like celebrity public figure mother wife like she's yeah she's she's her i think as well like i'll agree with you in that if i want to listen to beyonce i'm gonna listen to more of her older stuff but at the same time it's commendable that someone of her age because she's not old but obviously she's been around for 30 years in the industry like she's kept with the times very much and it's commendable how she's adapted not only that think about her reach as an artist and how many people she appeals to young and old males females like all different types of like she's kind of a gay icon too like i feel like for some people like you know I just feel like every audience, every crowd, she's not like in one little box of like hip hop, urban or like rap or anything like that. She's kind of like in the pop scene. Yeah. I don't know. She's got, she's got like fingers in every bucket and I just love that for her. No. And that's why I think like it makes sense that she has become the person that's won the most Grammys. So she's got 32 now. Wow. Um, The record was previously held by George Salty, who's a Hungarian British conductor who's got 31 what a talented man yeah props to george if you're listening (laughs) that is so cool because you know what kind of famous if i was ever going to be famous if i had a as if i had a choice like if i was going to be famous the type of famous i'd want to be is i think i've said this before like really famous in my industry like super like you walk into a room of like randos and no one knows who you are but then you walk into a very specific room where you're like in that industry and everyone like just goes silent and they're like oh my god that's the kind of famous i want to be like if i ever became like a clinical psychologist 
and I wrote papers or something, walking into like a lecture theatre of like psychology, they're like, that's Dr. Basra. I'd be like, yes, it is. But then walking into like any, like, I don't know, a maths lecture, no one would even know who I am. (laughs) Yeah, fair. Other um, celebrated wins, um, Viola Davis has officially become an EGOT. So congrats to her. I think she is a... A what? EGOT. Do you know what that is? So it's someone who's won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony Award. That is so cool. Yeah. So I think Jennifer Hudson's won, um, but Viola Davis became one that this Grammy's, I think, for an audiobook. So audiobook, it's just obviously, like, it's not like it's a song, but it's still a Grammy, you know what I mean? Like, Go Viola. Yeah. So happy for her for that. Right, getting into the categories then. Album of the year went to Harry Styles for Harry's House. Okay, so well done to Harry. Winning with such big names up against you, like Coldplay, Adele, who was the first one? Abba, Abba is crazy. Like, Abba is crazy. Um, Yeah, big up Harry because that's like a really big, I don't know, because Harry Styles stands are like terrifying. So I feel like they're crazy. Um. I am okay with that. I reckon Abba stands would be annoyed. <laughs> Abba stands not like um, they're a bit old to be causing any real damage. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I'm just. It, I mean, it's factual. Like Abba stands could not be if able. I to. had to say who I wanted to win. I would say Bad Bunny. Have you actually listened to the album? No. Um, but also, I just really like Bad Bunny. But he consistently gets like most streamed artists, most yeah, plays true. and stuff. So like, if we're, I don't know what the rating system is for the Grammys or like who is the judge of all of this. But if we're gonna go off numbers, I mean, maybe Harry Styles gets plays elsewhere or, or what have you. However it works. But I, I don't know. I see Bad Bunny a lot in like most ex artists, most whatever. So the thing is, so we're gonna get into this in a second. Is that there are other categories for example such as like pop vocal album of the year or rap album of the year so do you think that harry styles deserves to be the point blank album of the year you know what i mean i think that's like a point of contention perhaps yeah i i don't see why not um like i said i think like Coldplay, Adele and Abba stands might be a bit fuming because those are like huge names they've got like decades in the game um and i think Abba has had a pretty big year (laughs) um but i like harry styles moving on to record of the year so the winner of record of the year was lizzo with about damn time good for lizzo is this her i don't know if this is her first grammy or not i don't think i don't think it is that's a very big one to win though I, i saw she tweeted she's the first black woman woman to win record of the year since whitney houston won it for <gasps> i will always love you in 1993 so wow okay yeah well that's huge good for her personally woman woman is my record of the year <laughs> it did do a lot i think the thing is though i don't understand it's all to do with the calendar isn't it because i think the problem is woman must have come at the very beginning of this like calendar year that they're considering because when oh. i think of women i think more like 2021 vibes rather than 2022 mm, i agree so i do agree yeah. um woman is my record of the year and no one's gonna get in the way of that Fair. the person who i think i'm not sure if i'm not really sure why they got the grammy is steve lacy best progressive r&b 
It's fair. Do you know any other people in that? Progressive, like, I get it. No, I don't know who the nominees are, but progressive, I get it. But, like, that just shows the weight that TikTok has on, like, the weight and success of how well a song or an artist does. Also, I don't think a lot of people can name any other Steve, Steve Lacey songs. And I've seen videos of him performing at concerts and he looks so miserable because no one knows any other song i mean i don't know i i steve lace has been one where i've kind of been like i really should listen to some of his music because i'm a really big fan of what he's done with the internet he does have good songs like yeah like i've seen him perform with the internet live and he was really good um we yeah, haven't listened to gemini rights but he does have uh, good songs like there are uh, one or two of his songs that i do have like on playlists i do like his music i just wish he cared more moving on to song of the year the winner of song of the year was bonnie Raitt, just like that who everyone's kind of a bit like i think everyone who's below a certain age is kind of like who is bonnie Raitt? And i looked it up and apparently she's a blues singer so fair enough give kendrick lamar his flowers i know he won i know the heart part five did win something but it deserved more kendrick lamar just deserves more i'm sorry he just does like back in the day he was him and j cole were pit against each other and i feel like j cole has lost some of that like shazaz pop culture relevance shazaz yeah he kind of shazaz sure he lost the shazaz (laughs) and kendrick lamar maintained it and he made it really cool and I love the guy. Very biased when I say all this, by the way. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Can I just say as well, like, no hate to this person. And I do think it it's a good song. It's a catchy song. But Grammy-worthy, I'm not sure. A, B, C, D, E, F, U. That's what I just think. The, ugh, TikTok is... Yeah. 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 We'll leave it at that. Right. Best pop solo performance... The winner of best pop solo performance was Adele with Easy On Me, which I actually, I think this is the one where I'm a bit like, hmm, because Adele is obviously iconic, love her and her music, but this latest album, I really feel like it didn't really perform as well. Fair enough, Easy On Me was like probably the track that did the most, but whether it's worth winning a grammy for best pop solo performance i'm not too sure that's what i'm saying i would really love to know the metrics of which they use to make these decisions because it just seems a bit all over the place as far as i know it's just the academy that decide like it's the academy yeah like i also wonder like how not saying anything but like how legit you know if there's any corruption or if there's any bribes taken or if like you know i don't know well for sure i mean like we, we can never rule that out but i do think I'm also speculating connections will play a part in it for sure i imagine yeah with like labels and management and stuff for sure um yeah. woman yeah again if we're gonna like give credit to tiktok where it's due i think that also helps a lot in terms of that but it does make me happy that if anything she's getting nominated yeah which i think to be nominated for a grammy is a big thing in itself i suppose because i love her and i do think it takes the like female rap game away from city girls vibes nothing wrong with city girls there's a time and a place but i remember someone questioning me and being like you never listen to female artists but you're all about like feminism and like women's rights and all this and i was like first of all no correlation because what and then but i did think about it and i was like I guess you're right but then if you think about like a lot of female rappers 
you can't listen to City Girls all the time is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I feel like Doja Cat brings a different, it's just rap. It's just like regular regular rap. It's just nice yeah. to listen to. And it's not, it's not got like a agenda to it. I think as well, like for anyone out there who's like fuming thinking, oh, I make um, rap music and I'm female. Like, I think we're talking about mainstream here. Like there obviously um, yeah. are female rappers out there. It's just yeah, yeah, in terms yeah, of, of the mainstream sphere. Like, and I'm thinking like, like, like yeah. very, very mainstream, very American, not everyone everywhere and like smaller artists and everything like that. Because obviously there are millions of talented like female artists out there. But I'm thinking mainstream and what you see on like Billboard. Right. Best dance electronic album. The winner of best dance electronic album was Beyonce with Renaissance. But she's so miles ahead of the other nominees. You can't put Beyonce in the same thing as like Rufus de Soul. I mean, I suppose that's just the game. Is isn't it a it? dance like, electronic album? Yeah, it is. It's like very much like club music, sort of like like a certain type of club music. All right, fair enough. Like if you listen to it, it's like it kind of, and it kind of each track kind of flows into one another. So it's like you could literally just put it on at a that's cool like club, and it will just. I was honestly play waiting itself. to say Fred again, but that was wishful thinking. I reckon his time will come. But yeah, moving on. Best rap album. The winner of best rap album was Kendrick Lamar with Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Yes, sir. Very, very, very well deserved. Such a good album. Thoughts on Jack Harlow being nominated? Oh my God, I totally forgot that album even came out and how hilarious and outlandish the title of it is. (laughs) It's a good album though. It's a good album. And Jack Harlow's image has been overshadowed by his appearance by people going feral on tiktok over him by the color of his skin and just with people's opinions on who he is and i think it overlooked a lot of his actual talent as an artist and a rapper because he's good he makes good music sure it's a good album all in all glad that it went to your favorite kendrick lamar right best pop duo and group performance the winner of Best Pop Duo and Group Performance was Sam Smith and Kim Petras with Unholy. That made history as well, I believe. Can you sing that? Is it the one that I think it is? Mommy don't know, daddy's getting hot yeah. at the body shop, doing yeah. something on him. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> it made history as, is it the first? I think it's the first time that a non-binary and trans person has won. It's made oh some kind God. of history in that realm. I'm so with it. Like, I'm so here for that. Like, I'm so yeah. here for that because I am not really a Sam Smith listener, nor am I a huge fan of the song, but I do stand by them in defense of all the hate that they're getting because of the. Is it the video and the song and the promo for it? Well, this is the thing, right? So. The song, the most recent Sam Swift song that's come out is called I'm Not Here to Make Friends. And I watched it because I saw the uproar about it and I was like, what's going on? Like, what is this? And it's literally so tame compared to some of the videos that we've seen. Did you see that? I think it was a feminist on Instagram, the account feminist, the post about the opinions that you get when it's a plus size queer Mm. non-binary person doing stuff and it was plus size in particular that was like the source of focus here because it was like if this was on a like skinnier presenting body then maybe 
no one would get would have gotten this angry and it was just about like you know why is yeah. it only palatable and acceptable for these people when the body type is of a certain way yeah i mean i've seen like even before this video came out so many like really bad um comparison memes especially comparing sam smith and harry styles because both of them mm. wear non-conforming outfits if that makes sense people are kind of like saying like harry is the way to do it sam isn't but it's kind of like why like why are you okay with one person wearing one thing and one not another it's purely due to your own fat phobia and the thing as well the thing as well that somebody pointed out is um a lot of people in response to this latest video um have been saying um oh i miss the old sam remember when they did blah 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 and someone replied to that i can't remember who but they said so you're okay when sam was putting out music that was basically about unrequited love and being sad about Mm. it and that sort of thing and now they're in a place where they're actually celebrating themselves their identity whatever you want them to go back into that box like it's not your decision to make like it's also just not harming anyone yeah and the other thing as well everyone that's like oh like corrupting the kids of today blah 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 literally the most bad thing that i could see from the video right was there is one point where it there's some suggestive thing where basically like trails of water are falling um onto sam and it suggested that maybe it might be some kind of golden shower which like obviously each to their own i'm not particularly (laughs) a fan of engaging in that kind of activity but at the same time like there's literally so much worse out there and if you're gonna complain about that just being a few clicks away from your kids i'm sorry but it's up to you to prevent what your kids are seeing online it like i would have hated myself saying this to someone saying this to my parents but if you're that worried download some kind of security thing that is gonna like prevent them from going on certain sites or whatever like how can you sit there and like be the kind of parent that allows your kid to go on like tiktok for example but then be mad when they go on this video which really isn't doing any harm at all let's be honest but yeah i agree with you in terms of this grammy like i i don't particularly like the song i do find it a bit annoying but i'm happy Mm. i'm happy that they won for the history and that i wonder if i would like the song if it was less played on tiktok and things like that true i think it is just the chorus is kind of a bit like Mm. i don't know new sam smith album out now if anyone wants to go listen and support there you go moving on best r&b song winner of best r&b song beyonce and cuff it I really like Cuffit. I think it's deserved, personally. Yeah. Best pop vocal album. Now, this is the one that I was talking about where Harry won this as well as best album by itself. I don't know. Part of me feels like if you're going to be nominated for album of the year, you shouldn't get nominated for these other subcategories because I'm kind of just like, what's the... But then surely you would just win all the categories you're nominated for then. Yeah. Like, how can you win album of the year and not win that like Mm. yeah and then beyonce also won best dance electronic recording with break my soul oh my god coach nada got nominated that makes me happy yeah i mean break my soul has again it did bits it's very much like house so beyonce also won best traditional r&b performance with plastic off the sofa right now this is the other nomination or event that kind of stirred things up a bit so 
best R&B album. So first of all, the person that won it was Robert Glasper with Black Radio 3. Obviously, when you win a Grammy, it's like a massive thing and props to him for doing that. Also nominated was Chris Brown with Breezy. Now, Chris Brown wasn't best pleased when he didn't win. He took to his Instagram um, shortly following the announcement saying, you're playing, who the F is this? I'm going to keep kissing A respectfully. Bro, who the F is Robert Glasper? I don't know what this accent is. Um, He then um, posted, I got to get my skills up. I'm going to start playing the harmonica. New level unlocked. Harmonica breezy. Like, literally going in. I mean, it, it... it's hilarious, but also like not at the same time. Like, because grow it's literally up. Like, yeah, literally, like you've literally been in the industry for like twenty years, and you're acting like a six-year-old. Like, what are you doing? This is why I don't actually rate Chris Brown in the last. No, I really, I'm really not a fan. Like, like I don't understand why his tour is getting so much. Like, selling out extra dates. People are like waiting for hours and hours to get tickets. Personally miss me with that i think he's a really talented individual but in my opinion i just feel like it's such a waste of talent because he's shown time and time again that in my opinion he's not a very nice person like there's so many instances it's not even just the rihanna stuff it's so many instances Mm, of him just doing the wrong thing and i'm just like yeah not really a fan but then even after all that he then posted a screenshot of him DMing Robert Glasper um, the day after saying, congratulations, my brother. I would like to apologize if you took offense to my reaction at the Grammys. You were not the intended target. How How is that not the intended target? You're he name-dropped him. Who the F is Robert Glasper? He name-dropped him. I know I came off really rude and mean. After doing my research, I actually think you're amazing. The organization isn't doing us blacks our due diligence. You and I should never be in the same category. Two totally different vibes and genres. So from one black man to another, congratulations. Hope you're able to feed your family for life. God bless my G. It's just... It's a shame because if you listen to his earlier stuff, there was so much potential for him to be such an iconic individual. Yeah. And I just feel like he just shout, he just um, shadows it so much by just not being a nice person. Last category, best rap song. Again, won by Kendrick Lamar, The Heart Part 5. Yeah. Also, by the way, personally, not my favourite song on the album. What do you think about that song, The Heart Part 5? Like, was it, like it like the track or... No, for like just for me. Sorry, I'm I'm being like thingy about it. But like, if I had to say my it's savior for sure is and I, I don't know. Count me out. Count me out's also good. I really like savior. I really really like it. Silent Hill. Oh my god, there's such good songs on this album. I get why the heart part five is the one that won the Grammys. But I'm just saying for me, savior. Fair. Well, I mean, we are truly into award season because we've got the Brits coming up this um, Saturday, I believe. Can we go? Let's go. Press pass. Yeah, um, I'm a bit confused as to why Mango Masala's invitation hasn't been um, delivered yet. I'm g- blaming the Royal Mail strikes. <sighs> that was sarcasm in case anyone didn't get it. But rounding things off, I feel like having actually gone through those um, Grammys in detail, I feel like 
most of them, in my opinion, were well deserved. There were a couple where I'm kind of like meh, but yeah, a bit of like, like Beyonce and the Hot Part Five supremacy going on. Yeah, but like I said, kind of. But like I think it. Beyonce deserved it. Harry Styles deserved it. Kendrick Lamar definitely deserved it. Bad Bunny should have got one. I think undecided he, about Steve Lacey. I think Bad Bunny won a. Oh, this is an issue, right? Bad Bunny won a world one. Oh come I'm just off kind of it! Like, it's a bit sad how he's just confined to like. Come off it! Come off yeah. it! The amount of people in North America that would listen to Bad Bunny, that do listen to Bad Bunny, please give him his flowers. He won best um, musica urbana album. So I'm presuming that means like oh yeah Hispanic speaking urban music please. album. Please, oh actual please, do better, Grammy. Yeah, because it's like you're saying if he's continuously getting the most streams, then like clearly stop putting him in a box. I'm sure there are millions of people across North America that listen to him to contribute to his stats. Did you see actually? Um, people in America were watching the Grammys live on TV. And there was a point, I'm not sure who was performing, but it was someone who was performing, I think they were saying in, in performing in Spanish, so it might have been Bad Bunny, actually. They were performing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the subtitles, as soon as they started speaking in Spanish, just changed to non-English. They didn't, they didn't even bother translating or even putting the um, Spanish lyrics. They just put non-English the speaking. Is, the problem is, I get how there are bigger issues in the world to think about than stuff like this, but that could have been so easily remedied by having one Spanish person on board. some yeah. One native Spanish speaker in the team that could have translated or done a quick Google search and uploaded yeah. those subtitles, right? Especially, like, it's literally a song that is already out, I imagine. So you can literally just get the lyrics off online. Like So dumb. So, so, so dumb. It's, it's just a shame. Especially seeing Spanish is, like, such a... Um, rising language like especially in in the americas like it's proper like becoming That's what i mean it's such a small fix for something that would have yeah. made a lot of people very happy and included yeah you go somewhere like in the southern states like when i've been to miami for example and people speak spanish more than english right good for yeah. them but anyway that rounds off this segment of manga masala stay tuned because we're going to be speaking to silverfinger sing very shortly but simran Thank you for taking the time to speak to me today. I literally just did a spin class and I haven't showered yet and I feel so gross and my voice is dying and I think I'm going to go die now. Bye. Bye. Just to be clear, that's a joke. It's not. <laughs> Welcome, this is Mango Masala, the South Asian show. My name's Gerns, and I'm very happy to say I'm finally meeting the man, the myth, the legend himself, Silverfinger Singh, live in the studio. How are you doing? Yes, my brother. Absolutely buzzing to be here today. You get me? Come on. You know what? It's, it's so weird, like, because obviously I feel like we've known you on socials for, like, I want to say nearly two years now, yeah. uh, or, or pretty much two years, yeah. and it's so weird to like when you meet someone in person that you've yeah. just known as like a parasocial relationship online. Totally. It's like, wow, Silver Finger Sing is real. Not just a voice on the air or yeah, yeah. A, a picture on the socials, isn't it? Yeah. Now, likewise, my bro, the feeling's mutual, you know. Honored to, to be here today, and I appreciate the invitation, so thank you. For sure. How are you feeling? Like, how's Manchester been this morning? You 
said you've been out and about. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we've been in the, the city centre in the northern quarter and, uh, you know, yeah, it's just been a, a lovely casual vibe, you know, just linked up with my mates, uh, had some other friends come and, you know, there was like five of us and, yeah, we were just having a good time, you know. Nice. Um, uh, went to a couple of different locations and basically we've been filming for uh, an up-and-coming sim- single that me and Rebellious are working on now. Nice. And it was just, yeah, it was really, really lovely. I should say as well, we have got Rebellious in the building doing his BTS thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> pleasure to have you here as well I like ribs you know Come and on, um, if anyone remembers um, Lan Rai as well he's filming uh, <laughs> in the director Lan Rai you get me um, but yeah obviously the focus of today is mainly yourself thank you um, seeing as you've had your latest single Realign come out with I wanted to check as well is the pronunciation correct Wenatchee that's correct, correct. yeah Wenatchee yeah. Warrington Warrington. Yeah. I I grew up in Warrington. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. <laughs> I didn't know. Okay, that's cool. I'm like yeah. enjoying that. We're gonna get talking a bit more about that later. But I thought to start off with, cool. we talk a bit more about you as an individual because even like in the ten minutes that we had off air before this, we yeah. immediately got onto the topic of talking about making sure we're representing brown talent in the north, yes. that sort of thing. And when I do think of that you are primarily one of the people that I would associate that with. And I wanted to just talk to you about, like, why do you feel personally that's so important to continue supporting and um, facilitating? Okay. Well, look, for me, when I was, you know, call it, um, you know, when when I was, like, 15, let's just say, yeah, right? And, you know, I was an up-and-coming guy myself. I never really had that many avenues and, you know, options, really. So you know, in terms of, like, somewhere to play your music or, you know, to have your your ideas heard. So, you know, when the opportunity finally came for me to, you know, be a broadcaster presenter and, you know, have my own show focused all on Asian music, as much as I really wanted to play, you know, all the mainstream and stuff in the charts and, you know, the stuff that everybody's listening to and, you know, bringing it to a slightly different audience, as all of, you know, as much as that was great, I really wanted to just enhance and have the focus on, you know, the up-and-coming person the person that never had the opportunity essentially I just wanted to be the guy that I was looking for when I was that really young artist you know what I mean so yeah I think it's so important because you know if we don't give them that platform and that uh, that 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 space to really you know express themselves then who is Mm-hmm. So I feel that, you know, we're in really privileged positions to be to be able to provide this, you know, platform and solution, you know, for these rising stars, basically. Yeah, and I think that's something really important that you just touched upon them with a sense of who is sort of thing. Because yeah. I think a lot of people would look at the type of thing that you and I are doing mm. and would be, oh, but... Like, and again, this is very obviously a silly argument, but they would be like, oh, like, isn't that racism? You're literally just doing one thing. You're right. only focusing on one particular mm. race, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, like with any form of inequality, until yeah. everyone's on the same level, you do need to provide that stepping stone to people yeah. from different groups. And that's yeah. exactly what we're doing Exactly. Here. You know, we're pushing, you know, it's always, the message has always been pushing for equality. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you know, when you have these focused shows, um, why why veer away from what the focus should be? Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're doing an Asian show. It's all about brown excellence. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. at the end of the day, you know, with the South Asian diaspora, it's quite far and wide, isn't it? Anyway. 
anyway. So with me and my shows, I've always, it's not just been a load of Indian, Pakistani or Bangladeshi. I've always tried to go as far as wide as, you know, Oriental and, you know, show artists from China and Japan and then show play, uh, artists from Malaysia and, you know, try and go as far as Saudi and, you know, just try and get as much in there as you can, basically, of, yeah. um, of you know, different backgrounds and where people are from. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I think that's really nice as well because I think a lot of people would just see your name, for example, and think, yeah. oh, he's just going to play a lot of Punjabi music. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. what they expect. But it's uh, nice that you take that make that extra effort to actually make sure that you're being inclusive because, yeah 100 yeah. it's always just because that you know that's how i've grown up it's always been you know it's about everybody and everything um you know there's a song title there isn't there but you know what i mean it's like I, i've always wanted to just you know bring as many different kinds of people together really and, and a melting pot and that's why you know i really love doing my show because i've got the opportunity to do that uh, nice. and yeah i could quite easily go down the route of just playing bongra and punjabi stuff but you know there's already things like that on the air already you know what I mean that you can press a button and then you've got two hours worth of it so you know why not be different mm-hmm. and why not provide you know a newer and fresher thing for, for people to listen to for sure so I'm interested as well as to how you actually got to this stage because obviously when you've been talking very passionately now you've yeah. been talking about yourself as a radio broadcaster as mm. as with your show sort of thing yeah. but obviously you are a lot more than that you're an artist you're um, a DJ like how did you actually come to be this involved in music okay uh well yeah i appreciate that my guy thank you so uh, like for me um you know i come from a musical family so my father you know he's a producer tabla percussionist extraordinaire he's uh you know absolutely amazing guy toured with some fantastic musicians uh you know ian brown from the stone roses you know for over 20 years and you know through that i was able to see quite a lot you know uh, my uncle he always had one arm around me you know from when i was 11 years old so you know 35 now so got to see many many cool moments with him and you know through that you know going to things like v festivals and all these cool gigs that he was involved in i was able to sort of you know have a look and be there and you know i was able to meet like dizzy at a very young age and people like josh stone natasha beddingfield you know whilst they're in their prime and i was just some little kid you know what i mean (laughs) like just learning the way you know i got to meet keith flint you know from the prodigy you know and had like moments with him as a young guy and he was telling me all sorts of great stuff and you know these are all the the things that have influenced and inspired me to keep going and you know, I just remember being a young man watching Ian from the side of the stage, thinking one day I'd love to be that guy. And you know, I feel like I've embraced quite a lot of him in my life as well. So you know, through there, naturally, you know, from this young eleven-year-old kid, I then got to fifteen and learned computer technology and learned how to write my own beats, as well as having all the analog stuff that was already around me in the house. I, I sort of waited. I come from you know, a lot of my musical uh, education comes from the Gudra, yeah, being part of the Sangat playing Keaton. I was a tabla player naturally, like you know, thanks to my father. So that you know, the love for drums and beats and rhythms all came from there. When I eventually got to fifteen, learned about you know, beat making and stuff like that, and then eventually started. Uh, writing spoken word and poetry with my best mate Sadju Ahmed from Leeds Young Authors um, and then you know he d- went down the spoken word route I then went down the music route and you know here we are sort of you know like 10, 15, 20 years later um, you know but did my first uh, EP The Education Road uh, did that after I graduated from uni you know studied uh, computer technology and uh, sound production and, and uh, CMST so yeah it was fantastic Leeds Beckett 
And then from there, I've just been in work ever since, and I've worked for some pretty cool companies. I've worked for Sky, I've worked for Vodafone, I've worked for Samsung, worked for other telecoms companies, and you know, I've worked for a local TV station as well called Made in Leeds TV at the time. I think they've rebranded now. So you know, I've had a lot of cool exposure to quite a lot of the industry, um, and you know, it was through me then touring, you know, my own works, and you know, I've you know been you know privileged enough to you know I've played gigs in Scotland, played gigs in Wales, played gigs up and down England. You know, even ventured out to Holland. Uh, you know, I've performed on a boat. You know, I've done all sorts of cool stuff. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, it's a, an absolute privilege and honour for me. You know, I've you know toured with Ian as well. You know, five, six occasions. Uh, you know, old two academies up and down the country. So you know, it's been absolutely amazing. And then through all of that, the opportunity came to then. You know, I was t- I was scouted by the the talent team at BBC Leeds, and. You know, I was like, yeah, just, you know, bring what you're doing on the stage on the radio. I was like, all right, cool. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, I, I absolutely loved it. You know, shout out to Shahid and Sanjeev. You know, they were two massive people in my life at Radio Yorkshire uh, who really helped and, you know, put their arm around me and helped, you know, develop me into this broadcaster that I am today. And, uh, you know, from there, you know, successfully running the Asian Fusion show for a year. And then, you know, I had an opportunity to collaborate with Asian Network, part of Future Sounds and, um, and we did something for BBC Music Day where we brought the very first DAB pop-up station and we did something called Bradford One Extra and it was all about bringing the sound of One Extra to Bradford and doing the thing live and you know we had Kenny Allstar we had Sir Spyro and you know Lucky Me was the, the, the headline event you know alongside you know my big bro man like Limelight you get me so me and DJ Limelight went back to back for two hours and uh, I brought the sound of the North to his show and you know he mixed all the songs live and I brought the information and, and spoke you know very passionately about all my mates people like Harris Mead and everyone else and you know that was absolutely amazing and then on the back of that I then landed you know my own show on the Asian network part of what's called the Takeover series alongside you know some very notable DJs you know people like Goldtooth and Kizzy and you know the list goes on and you know there was me in the mix as well so super proud you know got to do it twice and that was uh, over a month um, so I had two whole months of you know taking over the Asian network so you know for me I'm a very very happy man you know what I mean I've been able to do a lot I've performed at some of the biggest stages I've broadcasted at you know the top of the you know the game you know in terms of working for the BBC got national as well as local and you know I'm still here writing my own music and you know here we are absolutely flexing on Pi Radio so yeah <laughs> loving life yeah no like wow like <laughs> when you're just listing all of your achievements sort yeah. of thing it is very like it's a lot to take in but in yeah. a good way sort of thing Thanks, like bro. it's just like I, then I did this and then I did that <laughs> um, trying to not forget stuff <laughs> no but it's such like a impressive roster to yeah. have yeah um how do you feel about like the a British Asian DJ scene? Because obviously you've mentioned like a number of notable names in that. Like, yeah. how does it feel to be a part of that? And do you feel like it's had a bit of a growth over the past couple of years? Because I'm not sure whether it's just the fact that obviously we've been doing this and I've been yeah, a yeah. bit more aware of it. Yeah. But I certainly feel like, or maybe it's like in the um, after the pandemic, but okay. it definitely feels like that's sort of like growing and there's more of a sense of community and like yeah. that a lot more South Asian DJs are getting their name out there, not only within the South Asian music scene, but also like into the mainstream as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, you know, 
we're sort of similar age, innit? Yeah. So we've all come up from, you know, times where it was all about, you know, the Bangra nights and, you know, sorry, let me pronounce it properly, Bangra nights, yeah, right, and the Asian nights and, you know, all these great things. And like for me, you know, in Leeds, you know, we used to have quite a lot of great events, yeah, you know, thanks to the Untouchables and, you know, like people behind RDB and all the rest of it. Yeah, there was so many great things and functions that would take place. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, to have seen it and be part of it and, you know, you know, be just a spectator. And, you know, you had DJs like um, Smooth D and B Naughty and, you know, like they were like pioneers of their time in terms of like, you know, just, you know, Yorkshiremen, you know, on the decks basically. And they were gigging up and down the country as well as, um, you know, so many other, you know, uh, you know, DJ Chudster, rest in peace. You know, there were so many great people. So... You know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, there, there were already people out there leading the way for for us uh, in what's quite a, a difficult market to get into, especially being up on our as well. Do you know what I mean? It's very niche, isn't it? So, you know, they were able to do it. You know, th there was a time where it then sort of died off a bit. But then, you know, that's when, you know, the, 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 the younger people then were able to step up. And that was all thanks to, you know, like workshops, really. And, you know, young kids being given the opportunity to learn how to DJ, learn how to scratch, learn how to create a playlist and things like that. And then that's when we saw this massive, you know, uh, resurgence of the Asian DJ. And it's not just Bhangra music, you know, they're mixing in UKG and hip hop and, you know, all these different crossovers. And, you know, now you've got like some, you know, amazing people out there. I'm going to shout her out again, you know, DJ Kizzy, for example, you know, and what she's doing, not only just as a female DJ, let's just put that to one side, but as just an Asian DJ and how she's fusing so many different worlds together, inspired by all these other great people that have been out there already, obviously, but it's definitely definitely bringing a lot of people closer and together which is absolutely fantastic so tying that back in the fact that she's a female DJ as well now you know alongside like you know my friends like Priya um Gracie T do you know what I mean like you know and they're just at the forefront right now absolutely kicking ass and I absolutely love it so yeah great things to see for sure and I think with Kizzy as well it's obviously great again another <laughs> thing notable to her name is that she's so young as well yeah. and that she's making such massive, massive moves waves. Like, yeah, yeah totally and you know she's touring up and down the country you know coming here to Manny you know gigs in Leeds this and that you know she's absolutely killing it so I've got a lot of love for her man so yeah, yeah. salute and, and at the end of the day she's, she's wakening now this new generation that you know are a little bit lost in terms of like you know what music path do they follow what are they listening to and at the end of the day it's like you know making sure that you're sticking to your roots is really important yeah and we live in a world now where there's so much diverse options of what we can listen to and what we're watching on tv and stuff and what you know amazing people like kizzy are doing is basically they're bringing the punjabi and the roots and culture back home you know to the to these slightly younger generation kids so i think it's absolutely amazing so definitely there's a massive sense of community at the moment which is great sure. to see cool so backtracking a bit to um, when you were listing off all your incredible achievements so yeah, far, so. obviously you've done a lot and yeah. you said you're very happy, you're content with yeah. that. What now then? Like, so looking forward, uh -huh. like you've got at least like another of your lifetime so far yeah, in yeah. the game sort yeah, of thing yeah, left yeah. in you. Totally. Like what, what, <laughs> what do you want to do in that? Um, I mean, look, uh, yeah, with with recent changes that are happening and things like that, you know, I've been able to just focus back on me again, the guy who got me to where I am now, you know, Silverfinger Singh, the artist, the writer, you know, the producer, and I've just been focusing on that. So, you know, each, I look at life 10 years at a time, I've got a son, he's 10, I've got a daughter who's one, so my plan now is to get him to 20 years to 10. What am I going to do to achieve that? So I've always looked at it in blocks of 10. 
life. And uh, right now, you know, I just want to write about the things that I've gone through over the last 10 years. And the last set of works were a reflection of what happened the previous 10 years, if that will make sense, yeah? So, I, mean, I know there's still a lot more writing to do, but, you know, you know, thanks to my friends here with me today, you know, people like Rebellious Lanry who, you know, stood right next to me, bro. And at the end of the day, you know, we're going to be hitting the road. We're going to go on tour. We've got all these wicked tunes that we've been writing. And, you know, at the end of the day, we just want to keep promoting and spreading, you know, that good word, um, you know, that, that real message of, you know, meaning, uh, meaningful messages of like togetherness, unity, equality. Um, so when we go lick stage, you know, we're there with serious messages. It's not just hype talk. You get me? Um, you know, we've got the legacy stuff from the previous albums, plus all these amazing new sounds that we're writing at the moment. So, yeah, you know, for me, I just want to just keep gigging, touring, you know, writing new songs where I can and, you know, just... Uh, at the end of the day trying to you know keep that door wide open for the next set of people you know to come through and hopefully they can then do that for you know the people behind them yeah it is great how like we're literally talking about you and you keep yeah. on finding a way to bring in how like you're literally opening doors to other people it yeah, kind of yeah. shows like how much of a selfless person you are in terms Thanks, of like bro. just trying to help people around you I mean look it's basics of Sikhi that you get me you know what I mean we live a nimardad life which is you know to just keep humble keep your head down and you know at the end of the day always help the next man where you can so that's just the foundation of who I am you know what I mean bro so I appreciate what you're saying though thank you for sure so like You've mentioned before as well about how um, this generation don't really know where they or need a bit of guidance perhaps in terms of where to go in terms yeah. of musically but you as an artist as well as someone that has shown that it is possible to kind of dip into lots of different genres like yeah. obviously I'd say um, Asian influence is sort of a key factor in what you do mm. but at the same time like when I look back at your releases and especially this most recent one as well, mm. it's very varied. You're like very versatile. You can kind of jump on anything sort yeah. of thing. So yeah. like, do you kind of see yourself as fitting into any sort of specific genre or are you happy to kind of just go for whatever? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the advantage that I've got is because I'm not just, you know, from one school of thought, you know, I, I want to dip into different things. You know, I grew up listening to, you know, from Eminem and Dre to Limp Biscuit. you know, so you've got like so much variation there. Like my cousin, he was the rocker guy. I was the hip hop guy. So, you know, he introduced me to Slipknot. I introduced him to Cypress Hill, things like that. Yeah, so I've always kept my uh, music listening always quite wide and varied. Um, you know, especially you know the influence of Ian and Stone Roses around me in my life. You know, all that indie scene and you know Northern Soul Mondays. You know, you name it. It's always been around me, and I've always been at all the gigs. So you know, in terms of like my sound it's a big fusion of everything that's always been around me you know what I mean so yeah certainly don't want to be just put into one box yes I'm hip hop by core but everything else is you know at the end of the day hip hop was made you know from other strands of other things R&B things like that yeah blues and that's where the hip hop then keeps going into other genres and that's how new subgenres have been born and made and created um, so yeah I certainly don't want to just be stuck in one box bro you know For I want to sure. do as much as I can well, the Northern Soul you just mentioned obviously brings us on to your most recent single, yeah. um, Realign, yeah. with Wenatchee, yeah. which, again, like list, I, I remember when you first told me that was happening and you were like, yeah. oh yeah, it's this Northern Soul fusion track, yeah. and I was like, okay, I'm not really sure what to expect yeah, here, no, and I, <laughs> I was like, when I listened to it, I was like, okay, yeah, this actually makes sense, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. know, I get where, where this is going, so yeah. do you want to tell us like a bit about how that collaboration came about? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, look, first of all, the beat I made on Reason, yeah, back in 2008. That's how long ago the beat. So the core of the beat, yeah, was made like back in no, 2008. No, 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 because that's making me feel old now because now I'm just realising 2008 was 15 years ago. Yeah. So like, oh, Start of my career, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like back in the day, like, yeah, I remember um, yeah, me and my bro, Simon Houdini Howarth, yeah, yeah, from Leeds, Magic Fingers. So Magic Fingers and Silver Finger linked up, basically. Uh, it's my bro right there, you know, very, very, very established musician, grade eight pianist, you know, lovely brother. So, yeah, he... Uh, me and him got to spend some good time together, got, you know, going through stuff. And I think they, this beat was originally, it was influenced. Like, it was a time of like Maybach music, you know, Rick Ross and that, yeah? So that's where the arpeggiators come from. And it was sort of that time. And uh, yeah, you know, like, you know, that was the kind of vibe I was going for. So he helped me get the arpeggiators. And then obviously I put the drums down and then, you know, we figured out a bass pattern and then we sort of just left it there. And then it was in lockdown where I was able to go through, because, you know, got furloughed. It was great. It was a beautiful summer. You know, wife and the kids were happy. It was great. I was like, right, I'm going to find some of me time now. So, you know, I'd spend the day with them and then the evening I'd be in the studio. And I was able to boot up one of my old Macs and, you know, found all these old files and, I was like, oh, wow, this is great. You know what I mean? For going through all my old reasons. I was like, damn, I was, a, I was ahead of the curve here when I was listening back to some of these beats. You get me? I was just like, wow, where was my thinking? So, yeah, found that. I was like, right, we've got to do something with it now. And, uh, you know, we, um, we wrote, a, you know, obviously moved the chunks about, blah, 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 rearranged the song. And I then, you know, threw the beat to one of my bros, Liam, from the Winachi tribe, uh, now known as Winachi, based in Warrington. And, uh, yeah, you know, he vibed off it. And me and him, you know, we're really close, you know, obviously, because, you know, the, the link between Winachi and uh, my house is very close. My father, Mr. In the Goldfinger, he's, you know, the head percussionist of that group. So there was always going to be this natural link up anyway. Um, so Liam... Through, uh, through the beat to him, he came back to me, you know, we just need some direction to find our way back home. And I was like, wow, uh, motherless child, the wilderness is wild, your heart will forever roam. I was like, bro, you've gone deep on here, man. Do you know what I mean? You know, it was absolutely incredible. He sang it. I was like, yeah, this sounds really cool. And then that's when, you know, my lyrics came out. You know, I've never been this far apart, thought stuck inside an hourglass. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just it was just a natural time of reflection and that's how these lyrics came out. And then eventually, you know, we, we recorded all the percussion at home and then we took it to my brother Luke at Prospect Studios in Bradford. And uh, we then, you know, took the whole concept to, to, to him. And it was great because it's the first time I was able to work with, like, you know, electronic guitars and, you know, it was proper, like, bringing, like, all my influences together you've got indie influences in there rock influences in there hip-hop and jabbi bhangra and i brought it all into into one sound basically so yeah it was just an absolute vibe to do it was a dream for me and you know you can hear bits of cypress hill you can hear a bits of ian in there you can hear bits of you know dr dre in terms of the drums and you know you hear bits of rick cross and you know these were all the influences for me at the time you know merged into the 2011 2012 kind of sound you know what i mean sure. sorry no sorry 2021 sound sorry uh yeah, yeah. i was, I was yeah, like i was like saying yeah but i was thinking like okay where have we lost literally yeah. lost in time now? sorry <laughs> I, I just erased 10 years there but yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah, that old school 2008 sound hybrided into this 2020 world, one world, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah. during lockdown. So, yeah, you know, I was as, as, as difficult as a time it was for the world. For me, I really loved that time because I was able to A, reconnect with my family and B, actually do what I wanted to do, which is, you know, not working some random job, but I'm actually doing what I want to do, which is music full time. And it was great. And for that's sure. how this came, came out. It was tune came out it was through lockdown. 
yeah i wanted to ask as well because obviously a great addition is that you've got music video for it as well like yeah. and where was that shot like which beach is that <laughs> so yeah uh we went to formby beach for that you know what i was thinking like that makes the most sense in terms of warrington but i was yeah. like yeah i wanted to make sure it was in the north i wanted it to because it's the kind of you know the whole thing of realign so you know yeah you don't hear the the it's not in the hook or anything realign it's you know it's realign and fly straight that's where i came with the the, the name of the song through my lyric there and at the end of the day it's a case of you know it's lost and found and that's why we thought you know going to the beach you know it references one of ian's songs you know dolphins were monkeys and it's like it all sort of it all comes full circle that's yeah. what i wanted to do was you know just bring everything back into one and bring it back home and you know you've got the warrington link there the manchester link the liverpool link and that's why i felt going to formby was a very important thing you know for sure so we're going to play it in a second um first of all I can't believe how fast time goes on here, but I wanted to say thank you so much for like <laughs> coming um, and chatting to me today. Like My I say, pleasure, it's been bro. a pleasure to meet you in person. Um, for the people that want to follow your journey and see this new music that you got coming yeah. up, including a track with Rebellious as well, yeah. which hopefully if you're in Manchester, you can like look and like spot some of the locations from Northern Quarter yeah, and that. Yeah, 100. Um, so if people want to keep up to date with that where's the best place for them to find you uh you'll be able to find me you know on the usual social platforms places like instagram facebook twitter silverfinger sing yeah all spelled in the in the usual way uh the record label is silver lining records you know it's all organic it's homegrown and you know we're just trying to push that good vibe you know what i mean and you know shout out to pi radio mango masala you know it's an absolute pleasure to be here so i appreciate the invitation and you supporting me and my music my bro 